Hi there, this is Erin Nicole, and you're listening to the Move Happy Movement podcast. On this show, I interview people from all walks of life, pretty much any and every profession except for POTUS. I've had as guests on the show. Um, one day, my big bodacious dream is to have our top level leadership in the country I was blessed to be born in, of course, be on the show, both uh, currently active and any other leaders that have been in the role. Uh, but are retired from the role and then had different perspectives and whatnot. We're not there yet, but a girl can dream big. And because I live in the land of the free, the home of the brave, I get to be able to dream and speak aloud my desires. Uh, Not every woman in every country in the world gets to speak aloud her desires. So I'm grateful to be able to do that where I'm at in life. Sometimes I also do episodes by myself that I believe through my faith system, uh, the creator of the universe puts on my heart to speak about a certain topic with you guys. And sometimes I sing original music that goes nicely with topics. And the whole purpose of this show is to help empower you to find happiness from within. Think of this as another tool in the toolbox for your mental health and well-being. Um, as a woman with diagnosed depression and anxiety um, from as young as 14 years old was the official diagnosis. No one told me what I was diagnosed with, but I was certainly handed a prescription when I asked for alternative methods. And so I've learned through my journey of life that there are many things that one can do to help with your well-being. And this show interviews all kinds of people in different industries to help empower you, whether it's medicinally based, traditional Western medicine based, or perhaps throwing in a little Eastern medicine in there, a little mix of the two. And because of the power of the internet, we now um, can learn from all walks of life, from all kinds of people. And my goal, my mission is to help end global suicide. So in order to do that, um, I need your help with that. And so by listening to this show, you're helping to expand our mission and whatnot. And I'm literally, I'm, I'm this morning, I'm, I'm dancing, I'm listening to some gospel praise music. And the creator put some verses on my heart to look up and said, Aaron, I want you to speak on the topic of unity today. And I don't pre-plan these when the creator assigns me a topic. I just go for it um, and start recording. So some of it, there might be some, well, a lot of it is going to be personal and professional stories, whatever comes to mind. Um, If there is any science, it's just something that has come to mind in in the moment, um, impromptu from uh, my deity speaking through me. So take what you love leave what you don't, and hopefully by the end of the episode, you leave a little more inspired to take action in your life, to live a happier life, or to perhaps help someone in your circle that might be going through a tough season, remind them just how much you care about them. All right, so the 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 chapter in the book that was given to me was Ephesians chapter 4, which is in the New Testament. Um, I'm reading from the NIV translation, but you can read from any translation online. So chapter 4, verse 5 is what came to me first. 
one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And I was like, huh, okay, let me read backwards a little bit. So starting at verse 1, the title is Unity in the Body of Christ. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. And then that verse again, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. So as I read that, what was coming to mind was actually a conversation with my husband. Um, Before we got married, we first met in uh, the late fall of 2020. I was in a very tough spot in my life. I was... Ooh, I'm getting emotional. I was stuck in a state unexpectedly. At this point, I had been there, mm, I think, since late February. So to October was about, what, six, eight months, two to ten, about eight months. Um, I had made do and had to start fresh with, like, three different outfits for the first few months. I had to get a new job. I was driving people for Lyft before that, and I loved every single day. I got so much energy meeting new people and networking and whatnot. Um, but because of the pandemic, I and I have a diagnose, diagnosis of asthma. I was you know, reading too much on one political party's news sources um, because of the people I was around, uh, and it was freaking me out. I was not comfortable having people in my vehicle Uh, for myself, and I was staying temporarily um, through an Airbnb. Well, it started as an Airbnb, and then it turned into like a long-term rental situation. I'm so grateful this woman let me stay in her home. Um, Of course, I paid her, uh, but it was fully furnished. I didn't have any furnishings with me. I had to like leave real quick. Um, I trusted in this person that was uh, passionate about my mission and uh, very personally connected because they had lost their their son to suicide about 18 months prior to that. And so they were still in the grieving process. And when uh, they had connected to my page through one of my posts on social media, um, they interviewed me and had, you know, we had a networking call and whatnot. And they had convinced me um, in my situation where I wasn't feeling safe in the address where I was living um, to come in a closer proximity. And they had some connections for uh, my big event that we were organizing for the end of 2020 and doing fundraisers for whatnot. I say we, I was mostly me because the creator gave me this vision in 2018. But this this person, this parent of a suicide child, 
um, was so passionate about what I was doing. And I think because it was like him reaching out to his son that he couldn't reach out to anymore, to all of the sons of the earth that might be hurting. And it was a really tough year for me. But I made it. I had, I was making it. I was making it work, I should say. The creator definitely had his hand of favor, of protection over me. and I just kept focusing on what I could focus on. Um, the topic of this episode is on unity. There was zero unity in my family. I had to make a decision after talking to my aunt that I had to separate myself from my immediate family for a season and focus on me. You might be going through a tough season right now where the people that should be loving and respecting you are causing more pain and they're actually damaging your mental health right now. Pray on it. Talk to someone that you trust that's going to give you sound advice. And you might need to separate yourself for a season. I'm grateful my, my aunt spoke to me and we had that conversation. It was not an easy one to be had. But I... I leaned in. I leaned into my purpose, my calling, and it was like supernatural things started occurring. Um, I had connected with team doctor for Major League Baseball team that was a guest on the show. Uh, the president of this defunded organization, um, he had a front nonprofit business, which I really liked what they do in society for retired animals. Um, he was a guest on the show. I had Fortune, f former Fortune 5 cybersecurity expert on the show that was now working for a company as the director of their, at that time, IT department with 1,300 employees. Um, he was one of the former OG cybersecurity professionals of Apple and Microsoft. I had a retired lieutenant, Colonel Dave Grossman, on the show. I didn't know who he was, but people sent him to me. They literally tagged me in his post. He was looking to get on podcast shows to share about his new book at that time, which was a devotional for military and first responder couples. Um, all of his reading materials for a couple of his books are required for all DEA employees, drug enforcement agency employees, 
of the United States of America. Um, he's been able to meet a couple presidents and counsel them and give them his books and whatnot. Um, he was he ended up being a guest on the show, and not only being a guest, but he and I spoke for about 30 minutes before we even hit record. And he customized a speech specifically for my population that I desire to help. That was incredible. I ended up getting hired um, as a day job for the first time ever, uh, being a highly paid nanny slash mental health coach for a 10-year-old boy. The parents uh, were so impressed with my social media channel, my brand that I had built out. In the middle of the pandemic, when there, when a lot of people were losing their jobs, I was offered one. I was paid more working with one child than a teacher with a master's degree and like twelve years' experience would have been paid on an hourly basis. Uh, didn't offer me medical, which was, which was fine. Um, I was grateful that they called and reached out to my boss at the psych hospital and had a conversation with her and. Um, yeah, things were, things were going well. Um, I didn't have the unity in my family, but I was building my own community. The creator was bringing people to help bring healing for me and to help continue this mission. You might be called to something where your family is scared that you might fail. And so they might say things that you interpret as not being supportive of your calling when they're afraid that you might get hurt along the journey. Keep going. Trust in your gut. Trust in your heart. Um, we all have this quiet voice within us when we ask the right questions. You don't have to know every single step of the journey, as Oprah Winfrey has often said. Just know the next step. And if it's quiet for you, then wait. You don't have to make a decision right then and there. I had a lot of growth and was um, doing some networking meetings with some people um, on Zoom. Lots of networking meetings. I think we all remember 2020. Um, but I started doing get-togethers, and one of my podcast guests on the show um, has a son that's an influencer, pretty big following on social, and um, he reached out to me to set up another networking thing. He loved how I was organizing these things, and it was easy for me to do. I just reached out to people and said, hey, we're meeting at this time. You want to pop in? It's, a, it's on Zoom. Great. And they were doing it because they liked the energy around me. They liked meeting the people that I was introducing them to. I was doing it for free. It wasn't like I was charging for an event yet. But I had this idea, and so we started brainstorming how to have a VIP networking event, how to charge for it, what to charge. Um, I remember specifically talking with this group, or as maybe four of us, Celebrity Chef, um, top-level PR person that was working with some big names and uh, in a variety of industries and a few others. And I said, 
There's no movies going on right now. There's no sport games. Like, everything is shut down. These people need a space to meet with people, to start strategizing their next level plans. Because it might not go back to the way it used to be. What if we offered them a chance and opportunity to connect with one another? They loved it. They loved the idea. I was like, okay, cool. So in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of a huge recession, like lots of people losing their jobs, something within me, even though I was in this this area I didn't have residency in, I was trying my best to get a driver's license, but I found out, unfortunately, that they have a certain tax in this area to keep poor people out of their state, I think. You have to pay a certain percentage of uh, tax, which is estimated value of your vehicle, to get your license plate to change over. Otherwise, you can't stay there. And it was going to be something like, I want to say like seven or $8,000. And that might be chump change for you listening to the show. You might be able to just like hand that over right quick. But that wasn't where I was at in life. Nobody's handed me money over. <laughs> I've been building this business from the ground up while working full time, moved across the country to help a family member, and I had to move out of that area when that family member no longer respected me as a human being and made it unsafe for me to live in. I had to start over again in an unknown area in the middle of a pandemic when doctors were not testing 20-something-year-old patients because they thought that they were too young to contract COVID. But the creator of the universe cares for me and cares for you also and doesn't give you any more than you can handle in that moment. The first networking event I orchestrated, I did it for free because that's what Gary Vee said and I followed his methods. So the first one I did for free and I had whom I thought was a mentor. He and his brother were a part of uh, this event and his wife. Their cousins are board members of the Mayo Clinic just just to give you a little idea of the kinds of people they hang around. They were very excited to meet and network with my people for free. We had three continents represented in one meeting I set up. Number one Netflix series actress of 2019 showed up to my meeting. She was late because she messed up on the time zone difference. Um, she was coming in from the UK. But she still, she showed up right before we all exited the meeting, and so they got to connect with her and whatnot. Did it for free. Decided, all right, this was successful. Let's try and charge for the event. And the second event, I just emailed people. I didn't say who was going to be a part of the meeting. I just said, we've got this many spots available, one industry represented per seat. Are you interested in joining? And we literally 
response back, we maxed capacity in two hours just by emailing my network. I was like, holy crap. And I charged for this event. I didn't charge every seat. I charged some people and I allowed some people to have free seats. I'm learning now uh, to charge more for my value, my time, my energy. What comes effortlessly for you might not necessarily be effortless for others. And it's okay to earn money doing what the creator has called you to do. There was so much unity in this meeting that a woman that her husband was a part of this meeting, um, she had conned her way onto my team over the course of a year and showed me her PhD in ministry, but in her heart she was very dark. Even her, even she could have improvement in her family through the love that I had helped connect her to in that meeting. It was a 90-minute meeting. And afterwards, she reached out to me. She said, Aaron, I've been dying for my husband to invite me on his business meeting for 30 years. And he invited me to go on a business meeting. Aaron, I've been waiting for this for 30 years. You are bringing healing to families. And I can't take credit for it. I did the work. But the creator works through me when you have unity, intention, when you are leaning into your calling to bring peace, love, patience, kindness, goodness. Miracles can happen through you and through the space that you provide. Last year, I launched a nonprofit because the creator told me to. I didn't know anything about nonprofits. Certainly never ran one before. But I did the work. I got the license. I got the website. Got the bank account opened. I did every single step of the journey properly, legally. Was in the process of trying to build out a board of directors so that we can apply for 501c3 status emails were getting hacked into my emails were being blocked throughout the course of the year but I didn't let that stop me from the assignment that the creator told me to do that was to bring veterans and first responders together and I continued to do the assignment to the best of my ability while having to move a few times for personal safety reasons and just life, moving out of my friend's house from sleeping on her couch, renting the couch, $400 a month. Even though she made at least $8,000 and didn't need my money. I upgraded myself to move out of her place so I could sleep in a bed. Saved up and paid $1,800 for my first bed. I had no idea if that was a good price or not. <laughs> But it was the most, one of the most comfortable beds that helped my, my bad back. Continued orchestrating these concerts while working full-time, sometimes seven days a week, 12 to 14-hour days for the U.S. Post Office. That was the majority of the year of what I did. Um, but I kept having asthma problems. 
And they kept putting me in the old vehicles that don't have AC. They weren't modifying the work environment for my diagnosis. They didn't care. They were so overworked from Amazon. We had to deliver all the Amazon packages that are prime. I had to remind them on the days that I had my concerts, hey, this is a concert for veterans and first responders. I'm so sorry, but I need to be off today or I need to be off at a certain time. They were upset with me that they usually they usually caved and helped me out or my coworkers did because a lot of my coworkers were veterans. In fact, one of them ended up being a roommate of mine connected me to one of our singers who was um, on the TV show Nashville, who's, I believe, on Team Blake of the TV show Voice. When you're clear on your mission and your purpose, unity can come in even when you're working full-time, even when you don't have a lot of money to back you up. The first concert before I had temporary housing at my friend's house, I was in a, an Airbnb. I was homeless. First two concerts I was homeless, yet I didn't let that stop me. I didn't tell anyone I was homeless. But when I was doing the sound check, I had to ask the landlord if it was okay for me to do sound check real quick. I had to set up all my equipment and tear it down because that was also his gaming room. He didn't mind. But me explaining that to my keynote speaker and me nominated TV producer that's worked with former presidents of the United States of America is a little bit embarrassing. Humbling, I should say. But how could I speak on helping the homeless people through the hope act that the creator of the universe gave me in 2020 if I have not actually been homeless myself. The creator uses your story. The more authentic and radically transparent you can be, the stronger your story, the more resiliency you build within you, the more people you can help. I knew that doing love and concerts last year was a little bit too much because I wanted to have more people in attendance and not spend the whole year trying to orchestrate it all and do it all. I didn't have any volunteers last year. My nonprofit business partner did nothing other than have her face on the website, which she gave me permission for. And then she was coerced, threatened with her active duty status from government contractors that should have been defunded years ago. They threatened her to make her act like she didn't know me personally. But that's okay, because I have all the money trails of giving her rent money and the birthday cards that my mom sent to her address, the second one that we moved to. When there's disunity, when there's disharmony amongst people, sometimes you need to find new friends. And that's okay. 
the creator told me to forgive her and her family because this calling on my life is a trajectory of growth that no one will fully understand. And so I listen, I obey to what the creator has told me to do. And they threatened her family and they threatened her whole career over 20 years of good service to our nation and they threatened to destroy it all. She had told me that she didn't believe in a deity. We had a conversation uh, a couple years ago. And she might still believe in that, but she can't deny how much love I brought into their home when I stayed there for a couple of months. Her son usually stays in his room and plays video games. He doesn't really associate with others. He would come barging into my room and come and sit and draw and color he just wanted to be near me. Her mom lived with them. She was getting up there in age, and I coached her mom. Her mom was struggling, getting out of bed, taking care of herself, bathing herself. She was forgetting to do those kinds of things. I knew she was struggling with depression. I knew right away. And maybe some form of like dementia, Alzheimer's, whatnot. She had had a stroke. She was overcoming that. I was coaching her back into a healthy lifestyle, as healthy as she was capable of doing and giving her a little bit of rehab. My friend paid me to do it. Didn't pay me well, didn't pay me my value, but gave me some money to help me get off my uh, depression feet and whatnot. She went from not bathing and not wanting to get out of bed to two weeks later getting dressed looking forward to going to the library being able to do 10-15 minutes of cardio when the first day she couldn't even do 30 seconds there's no denying that I'm good at what I do that, I'm, that I have been called to great things she couldn't get her mom to do those things because her style, her tactic wasn't working. And I gladly did it because I'm a friend. But I also did it because I care about humans. And when I see someone hurting, it's a natural response to want to help them. Meet them where they're at. Where there is unity, there is love. This year, I knew I couldn't do that many concerts, and I knew I was tired of all the digital attacks and whatnot, so I wanted to try something different. And towards the end of last year, the creator of the universe gave me an idea to do something in colleges and universities, a storytelling format with my own songs. I called it the Power to Choose Joy Music Experience. I emailed a few of my network and immediately one of my mentors reached back to me and said, I regularly present at this college 
I would be glad to make an introduction for you. And one of my other uh, network responded a couple days later because they live in a different time zone and they're like mega busy. They responded back. Uh, They actually sent the email forward to one of their network who's a doctoral chair of multiple universities, one of them, an Ivy League. Then I spent a few weeks trying to connect with this person, but even then the defunded organization was blocking my emails from being reached to her. So much so I had to email her assistant to that email account because my emails were not going to her organization. No explanation why. Like we had scheduled a meeting on purpose and then they had erased the link. So we had to reschedule a couple of times. And when I explained to her what was going on, she was interested and immediately said, I'm going to send this email out at the end of January. Um, I like what you're doing. I'm impressed with it. The timing, I think it'll be good to wait till the end of January for this. I was like, all right, great. So come the end of January, and I followed up with her, and she said, so I was going to send the email out, Erin, but 85% of our student body didn't show up on the first day of school. So we've got a bigger problem right now of just getting them to show up. They don't want people to know that, I don't think, because that's not good publicity for Ivy League universities or universities in general to not have their student bodies, their population, like that's their moneymaker, right? If, the, if students are dropping out of college, well, then what? How else are they going to control and manipulate the large population? They train us at very young ages. Go to college, take out loans. It's okay to take loans out for school because it's school. And then you'll be paying back those loans for the rest of your career. If you ever ever struggle financially, it's okay. Those loans will never disappear. Credit card debt, you can get that to disappear if you file for bankruptcy. But if you are struggling or you change career paths, you will never get rid of your student loan debt. It is the equivalent of intern, um, uh, not internment camps. It is the equivalent of, and I'm blanking on the terminology, uh, but the indentured servants, that's the term. Indentured servants. When we first started bringing people over from Europe, they owned, they were essentially slaves. They were slaves to the king in England. They were working to pay off the debt for being able to travel over here, but the debt was greater than they would ever make in money. So they had to live the life designed for them instead of designing their own life. 
I was reading earlier in the scripture, a verse came to me when I was doing my my praise time and whatnot. And it'll come to me if it's supposed to. I think it was in James. Yeah, James 5, chapter 5, verses starting at 1. Now listen, you rich people, weep and wail because of the misery that is coming upon you. Your wealth has rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay the workmen who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered innocent people who were not opposing you. None of this belongs to us. That's what I've learned. The creator of the universe can take anything away from you if you're not keeping him first place. If you're causing disharmony in families, disharmony in people's mental health, be careful. Your riches will be dwindled away to others who will be more responsible with it. I'm only in my mid-30s, and I'm grateful the creator of the universe believes in me and is pouring ideas through me. I've got 17 alternative therapies I've developed. In the last two years, I've written over 50 songs. They're not all done yet, but many of them are. I was in the process of releasing my first EP, and these paid contractors went in, hacked into my computer illegally, remotely, which is a felony, multiple felonies, and tried to hide the copies they were making by putting them in the trash bin, like I wouldn't see them there. I was trying to turn it into NFTs and pay the 100-plus volunteers that helped me launch in 26 countries. That's how many people stepped up to help me last year launch my nonprofit that I'm aware of. There's many people that do not want any credit to help that helped us launch it. Nonprofit with like only a couple hundred dollars in sponsorship dollars and donations. But the creator grew it like a hundred thousand X. So as a thank you to all of the volunteers, I wanted to do something kind for them. And my first six songs, I was releasing an EP. And I was in the process of turning them into NFTs, which is like 
It's kind of the equivalent of like having an autographed guitar from Garth Brooks. It's a one of a kind thing, but a digital version. <clears throat> but these dark, sinister people that all they can think about is themselves and stealing. They decided to make copies of my music, which makes it not valuable at all. And that's okay. The creator decided in that moment that that's not the way that my business is going to grow. I was actually going to be giving, like, I think we decided 26% of the amount of money to be sold $15 million for my EP, that was what we're going to sell it for. 26% of that was going to go to my government to help pay for roads and assistance for people that need assistance. I am a tax-paying citizen. I've never made that much in my life, nor have I ever sold anything for that great in my life, but the creator told me what the price was going to be. I don't mind paying more taxes but I do mind people stealing from me. I do mind rich people stealing from the poor. It's against the law, and it's against biblical principles that I stand behind. And it has been happening to me ongoing for two years. It stops. It stops now. And the Judas Inner Circle that got probably the greatest payment, over 800 acres, perhaps 850, he kind of was shifty with the amount of acres he said he had. And then six months later, all of a sudden, he got 850 more, 800 to 850 more acres and asked me to do sexually inappropriate things in public on multiple occasions in one evening. That's not unity. That's not harmony. And if I would have turned him in and called the police, he would have been added to a pedophile list under the the name that he uses publicly, not his legal name. But the creator has given me his legal name as well. And I know that he's a married man And I know that he has children because he lied to me when he had come over to my house six months prior to that when he agreed to help me. I was in trouble and I reached out to help from a podcast guest. Silly me. He was nice initially, but he was easily manipulated from a woman PhD in ministry that dangled a carrot of more money, more riches, and he fell for it. That is the Judas in my circle. But unlike the Judas in the biblical story that killed himself, I am willing to forgive this person because I believe in unity and forgiveness and mercy. And the more mercy we give to others, the more mercy we receive back. I believe the creator of the universe is not done with this man and desires to have an incredible comeback story for him. I'm not sure what that story is. 
that the Creator loves him the same that he loves me. And the Creator told me, you and your husband will forgive him. You will not speak on this incident again once he apologizes in front of the top-level leadership and pays back all of the people he has stolen from, including one of my friends from college that he took on a trip to Mexico shortly after I was in safe housing and then left her there. He made really poor decisions because he has an addiction to sex. Everything is forgivable. Everything is fixable. The Creator can use our weaknesses and turn the story around. So I'm patient. Where there is unity, there is love. And where there is love, the creator of the universe is present. I have been called to this assignment of being this, this leader, this person that speaks about depression. And there's been a lot of people that have desired to help. And there's also been a lot of people that have been assigned to attack and prevent this mission from accelerating forward because this is a spiritual mission. And there are angels of light and there are angels of darkness that do not want us to keep moving forward. Because that would mean that more of you hear the story and get empowered. And that would mean that light wins. The darkness doesn't like that. So I'm not surprised anymore when I get attacked, even by family members. Because that is, that is one of the great tricks of the enemy, is to get footholds in your family that's why I haven't been able to speak to that family member for a couple years now. Because they're ashamed of something that they did, but they have full forgiveness, full redemption in the creator of the universe. And I'm not mad at my family member. I love them. No matter what they've done, they will always have forgiveness with me. And when they're done hiding, I will welcome them in my arms. Where there is unity, there is peace. You can choose to be full of unity on a daily basis right now, even if you don't feel unified. You can choose to walk in unity, to find things, to look for things in common with others. That's what leaders do. They look for things in common to create a sense of peace. 
we might have different belief systems in how we identify our deity. But what can we find in common? When you look for the good, when you look for the commonalities, when you look for things in common, you look for unity, you will find it. When you look for disunity, disharmony, you will find it. So be intentional about what you are looking for. And teach your kids and teach your grandchildren. Because they are the future. And if you are that role model of unity, chances are they will be citizens of unity in the future when they grow up. I'm so grateful my grandmother was the matriarch of our family. She brought our whole family together. She never thought she would become a missionary in her retired life. She was an RN. She raised her boys pretty much as a single parent and her daughter. And then when she retired, she was teaching Sunday school classes. I knew her because I'm one of the younger grandchildren. I knew her as retired. I did never see her working as an RN, but I saw her volunteering her services at the Bartel Drugs. We would go when I would stay the weekend at Grandma's. We would go to the Bartel Drugs after church on Sunday and sit at the table and take people's blood pressures to help them make sure that they were healthy. She used her gifts, her skills, her talent, and offered a service for free. And her pastor told her one day that she was going to be on a mission trip, that she needed to travel outside of the U.S. And she was scared, but she did it. And looking back, she was so grateful that she did. She said, I never would have imagined I would have visited Turkey and seen the tomb of Jesus in Jerusalem and all these different cool places that she got to go to as a, as a retired woman, veteran spouse. She brought unity wherever she was at. She had three boys, and so she had daughters in love. That's how, that's how she identified my mom and my aunts. She didn't say daughters-in-law. She said the law might have brought us together, but love. Love makes us a family. I'm grateful that I had examples, role models of love. And unity growing up. Many kids didn't have that in the neighborhood I grew up in. Many families don't have those kinds of examples. 
if you do, if you have those kinds of examples, then share it, model it, teach it to the younger generations. Because we have these people in power that all they want to do is kill, destroy, and steal and take land. It is nothing new. We have been doing this for thousands and thousands of years. Spread more love, spread more unity, and allow for those that are looking for unity, that are trying to bring more unification, put those people in leadership positions. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Move Happy Movement podcast and this special episode on unity. We hope that we added value to you. We hope that uh, you learned something today. Take a screenshot of the part that most stood out to you and write a couple sentences and post it on social media and you can tag us. Uh, When the Judas in our circle corrects the wrong and apologizes in front of top-level leadership, um, that'll be our cue to get back on track with posting again on social and uh, starting again to do the listening room contest. And when we hit 10,000 downloads, if that's happened and we've had that meeting, then we'll send out the invites to those of you that have been regularly supporting the show. Uh, If not, then uh, we'll hang tight and we'll wait until the creator above gives us permission for that to move forward. We thank you. We appreciate you. Uh, You can check those downloads from any kind of computer or laptop at any time, 24-7. Just go to the movehappy.podbean.com. That's T H E. M-O-V-E-H-A-P-P-Y dot P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com. See where we're at. And uh, you can check our ranking out on the Listen Notes website. We're in the top 10% across all podcast shows. Thanks to you guys. Um, There's over 2 million shows. So thank you. We appreciate you. We love you. Don't forget to tell someone you love them today. And we'll see you next time.